0: Hey, and welcome to the Cross Point Church Podcast. We are a church that is for the city in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. We are passionate about helping people become fully devoted followers of Jesus. So, if you're just joining us for the first time, we would love for you to check out our website, thecrosspointchurch.ca. There you can find ways to connect with us and see what's happening at Crosspoint. Now, let's listen to this week's Sunday message.
1: There is a mystery around the Holy Spirit, and it sometimes puts people off, and they sort of step back and say, I'm not really sure about this stuff, so they put it at arm's length. And so the ominous part of that, I think, is quite appropriate. Let's take a moment to pray, and then we want to step into a couple of things. Lord Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you that we can come together and continue to pursue knowing you, knowing and understanding who you are and how you work amongst us. And Lord, as we uh, delve into this topic about the Holy Spirit, I pray that you, by by your Holy Spirit, would come and work in our hearts, prepare our hearts to receive, so that, Lord, we might, might truly honor you and understand what it is you want to do with us, so that we would be open to receive all that you have for us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, before we jump into the topic related to the Holy Spirit I do have an announcement related to the next couple of weeks uh, as a transition team we're putting together an opportunity for you as a congregation to participate in giving us an understanding of who you are and sort of where you want to go and so this next uh, couple of weeks the next couple Sundays we're going to ask you to reflect on your experience here at Crosspoint so that means if you've been here since the beginning of Crosspoint, uh, we really value your information. And if you've just arrived here in the last couple of weeks, and maybe today's your first day and you're thinking, maybe this would be a place to land, I would love to hear your first impressions. So what we're going to do is we're going to do what's called a history ball. In the gymnasium across the foyer, we believe that's where it's going to be. We'll point it out more specifically next Sunday. But there will be panels on the wall, and they're going to have the dates, the life of Crosspoint, which is just around 13 years. And you're going to be given little dots, sticky dots, and you're going to be able to put up there what era of Crosspoint you became a part of it. We want to just get a sense of the different groupings of people that uh, make up Crosspoint. Then the second thing we're going to do is there will be some stickies, sticky notes, pardon, file cards. We're going to use a variety of different kinds of cards. (laughs) And uh, they'll be different colors. And so the first color, I'm not sure what colors we're going to use. (laughs) But the first color, hopefully it's pink. It's going to be, what has God, or where have you seen God working in Crosspoint? Highlights of Crosspoint's life. And then we're going to take, and we're going to ask you a second question. Where have you seen seasons of difficulty or upheaval in cross point? That's going to be blue. See, I'm determining the colors now. I'm taking leadership. And the blue ones, you can write down times when you saw things happen that uh, were upheavals. Uh, Many of you will remember a time when a roof collapsed and they were forced to find another place to meet. That would be one of those times. And then the third category are going to be green. And these are the ones that say, what did God teach you? And what you're going to do is you're going to take those sticky notes and you're going to put them, or cards, and you're going to put them in the era that they happened. So if it was when the roof happened, what year was that? Someone that knows. Nobody knows? Steve. Steve. 2011? 2011. So in the year 2011, you would put your sticky note about that disruption. But underneath it, you might write down, out of that, God taught us this. That's right. Don't stand under a weak roof when there's a heavy snow. But the reality is, is that we want to get a, a big picture of the history of Crosspoint. And uh, for those of you who are fresh, new to Cross Point, the advantage of it is, is that you can walk in there and take a look and start reading and see the journey of the church. For all of us, we need to see where we've come from, how God has been working and what he has created amongst us. And one of the most interesting things for us when we look at it is those green ones that talk about how God is, what God has taught you. And so I want to encourage you to be reflecting on those things so highlights from your time in Crosspoint, times of disruption, upheaval, and then ta- what God has taught you. And you'll be given opportunity. Is this the time when we're going to have coffee and cookies and whatever? Yeah, so there will be a little refreshment to go along with it to encourage you to hang out and talk with each other and so on. So that's going to be the next two Sundays we're going to do that. So if you uh, <clears throat> can't think of anything... Uh, take a look at what people put up next Sunday and then post something the following Sunday. But this uh, morning, we want to take a look at the gift of the Father. Let me just start by saying the gift of the Father is the Holy Spirit. If you have your Bibles, turn to First, Cor- First Corinthians. No, turn to Luke chapter uh, 11. Luke chapter 11, you'll notice there it says verse 13. And uh, This is an interesting passage because it's a passage that speaks to us about prayer. If you look at the beginning of chapter 11, it talks about the disciples come and say, Lord, teach us to pray. So this is where the Lord's Prayer comes from. We typically use the one from Matthew. Uh, Luke has a shorter version of the Lord's Prayer, goes through that, and then he goes on to talk about how we receive from God. And in that context, you get down to verse 11, and then he goes you know what, if your kids asked you for something special, uh, you wouldn't give them something dangerous. But you would give them what they asked for, or what is neces- what they need. And in the same way, in verse 13, it goes on to say, so if us as sinful people know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? You see, if you just go a couple of verses earlier, he who asks will receive. He who seeks finds. And it's this idea that God has this willingness to participate with us, to work with us, to be involved in our lives. And so this really goes back to last Sunday's message. Does anybody remember what last Sunday was about? Come on, let's hear it. No, no, it wasn't Easter. It's got a better word than Easter. Resurrection, yeah. I mean, Easter encompasses that, but we sometimes forget that it's that idea of resurrection. And I talked last Sunday about the fact that resurrection affirms, it seals, it sort of stamps everything that Jesus did as being authentic and real and trustworthy. Without the resurrection, none of that matters. And one of the things that the resurrection does is it says yes to the fact that God's intentions in the world will be fulfilled. Do you realize that? Every one of God's intentions towards this world will be ultimately fulfilled in Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and so, if you go back to Genesis chapter 1, in Genesis chapter 1, it talks about the fact that God created man, mankind in his image. He said... Look, let's create human beings like us. That's the key word, like us. In our image. And then he goes on to talk about that. So he created the male and female. He created them in the image of God. All of us are in the image of God. It goes a little farther than that. It says that you're going to have dominion over the earth, the animals of the earth. And God turned over to us the opportunity to govern to speak into it, to have responsibility. And then down in chapter 3, verse 8, you have this verse that talks about God coming into the garden, walking in the cool of the evening, and Adam and Eve, who were hiding because they had sinned, he calls out to them, and they respond to him. They weren't afraid of him in that sense of... of, uh, feeling that he is so other that they can't respond to him. He was present, and they came, and they talked with him. And they had a conversation. In these verses from Genesis, we have this clarity about the fact that God's intention always has been to have a relationship with us, to walk with us, to be known by us, and to know us. And you need to recognize that this is the very function of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to take... I was reviewing the slides. I sent them in yesterday, and then I was reviewing them this morning again. And One of the last slides is the one I want to just refer to briefly now. You see, the gift of the Father is the Holy Spirit. And you know what comes with the gift? What comes with the gift is a personal relationship with the Heavenly Father, the triune God. Secondly, all the appropriate resources we need to fulfill God's intentions in our lives and through our lives, come through the Holy Spirit. And then, thirdly, there's a promise of eternal life that starts today. I like this tech team. They found that slide and slid it up in the order. You can put it back at the bottom again because I'll use it again there. But the reality is, is that God is intimately or wanting to intimately know you and be known by you. And he is working to make sure that we have all the resources we need for life and godliness. I like uh, the verse from John chapter 17, verse 3. It's Jesus praying to the Father. He's praying about himself and his role, and he's anticipating being back in heaven with God. Great passage. And in verse 3, he says, And this is eternal life that you know the Father and Jesus Christ whom he sent. Do you realize that when you make a decision to become a follower of Jesus and you say that, and you say, Lord, come into my life, become a part with me and guide me in my life, that you enter into eternal life at that moment. It is not a future reality. It is a present reality. And that present reality Encompasses this idea that God is present in our lives. No, oh, that's the wrong one. So God's intention was to, was and is to dwell with humanity. So, <clears throat> this idea of God's being present amongst us. <clears throat> Is directly related to the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. <clears throat> Let me give you a little bit of backstory. I came, <clears throat> in my studies and preparation, I came across this reference to a fellow named Gordon Fee. Gordon Fee is a Canadian theologian <clears throat> who specialized in the New Testament, uh, specifically the Book of One Corinthians. He taught at Regent College. Uh, comes out of a Pentecostal background, and. Uh, He was world-renowned for his work in that area. Gordon Fee made this uh, statement. God's desire was to be present amongst his people. And there are three times where the manifest presence of God showed up in powerful ways that determined or established that he was present. The first one was in the book of Exodus. In the book of Exodus, Moses was on the mountain. He was given these instructions for the tabernacle. So then he got together all the right people. They built the tabernacle. And it says when the tabernacle was finished, the presence of God came down and rested on the tabernacle. And it was so powerful that nobody could go inside. It was the sense of God's presence amongst his people. And if you read in the book of Joshua, for example, Joshua chapter 3, there's this instruction. They said, you must follow the Ark of the Covenant, which was a representation of the presence of God. And that tabernacle was built to hold the Ark of the Covenant. And in Joshua 3, it says, when, you are, when we're ready to move, the Ark of the Covenant will walk or lead you, and you must follow his presence. You see, God wanted to make his presence tangible for his people. Fast forward, the next time the manifest presence of God showed up on earth in a powerful way was at the uh, dedication of the temple that Solomon built. And it says, in if you look in Chronicles, the Chronicles passage, it talks about the fact that when the temple was completed, they prayed over it. The presence of God came down again in a powerful way, and it was so powerful that no one could be present there. They had to evacuate the building. Now, there was a second temple built. That temple got destroyed by the Babylonians. When Israel came back, they built a temple, and there was an anticipation that that temple would also experience that manifest presence, and it didn't. Can you imagine how disappointing that was? The next presentation of the manifest presence of God was Pentecost. When all the disciples were together, They says that they were together, they were united, they were in one place, they were praying, they were seeking God, they were longing for him. Jesus had told them before he went to heaven, he said, do not leave Jerusalem until the gift of the Father comes to you. That's from the beginning of Acts. And so they were there. They were praying and they were seeking God. And then on that morning, 50 days after the resurrection, the Holy Spirit shows up. Tongues of fire. Working in them new things. Making his presence real. Making his presence real on this earth. One of the things that that says to me is that anyone who receives the Holy Spirit today is joined to the church that was established at Pentecost. We are all being built together as a temple, a place for God to reside, a place where God can be present. Yes, it's an individual thing, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, I think it is, about there. It says that we've all been baptized into, by one spirit into one body. <clears throat> and so we are, we are a part of that. Individually, we received. But collectively, God is building us together from Ephesians chapter 2. And he's building us together as a place where he can live. I got to tell you, the place where God can live is a place where things can happen. And that's why we want to talk about the gift of the Father, about the Holy Spirit following resurrection. Because in reality, what's happening now is this season that we're in is a time of opening up ourselves and saying, Lord, what's new? What do you want? If we believe in the resurrection, if we believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead and sent his spirit to inhabit us, what is that saying about our lives? What we're called to? And so this morning, we want to ask the question, who is the Holy Spirit? But then we're going to be talking about his role in the church, his role in the mission. We're going to talk about how we can receive the Holy Spirit. And we're going to take this right through to Ascension Sunday. We're going to look at all of this. And on that Sunday, we are going to actually offer the opportunity for you to step forward and say, yes, I want more of God in my life. I want to be filled in a new way to serve him in this community. That's where we're going. And I have to tell you, I am so thankful for you as a group of people. I have preached in this kind of series lots of times. And there used to be a time when I had a really nice set pattern of how to preach it. And then a couple years ago, one of the churches we were working in, I went to use my nice set pattern, and God said, It's not going to happen. And He gave me a new pattern. Then I went to the next church, and I thought, Oh, I can go back to the old pattern. God said, No, it's not going to happen. And He gave me a new perspective. And in this morning, for today, for this series, God is reminding me that his people are unique. You don't fit into a cookie-cutter model. No person does. No church does. And so pray for us. I'm going to be speaking on it. Micah's going to speak on it. Brendan's going to speak on it. <clears throat> the reality is is that we need to be shaped by how God sees you and how we present. And it is his presence in our lives, his longing to have a personal relationship with you that is at the core of what God wants to do through this time. So if it's because it's about you, There's two things. You need to pray that we speak to you, but you also need to pray and say, God, I want to receive what you have for me. So let's take a look at who is the Holy Spirit. Okay, here's a a group of verses. The first one's from Matthew 28. You guys are probably pretty familiar with Matthew 28. That's the one where the Great Commission is given. Jesus said, all authority is given to me in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It is one of those clear defining statements that includes the Holy Spirit in the uh, Godhead. He is not a power. I uh, listened to, uh, some of you are familiar with the Bible Project. They have a little video on the work of the Holy Spirit, or on the Holy Spirit. I don't like it. It's a personal opinion. They probably got some of it right. But they talk about him as being an energy, the wind. And there is a description of like that of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is more than just an energy. He is a person. He is part of the Godhead. He's one of the three. And he is a significant part of it because he is the element of the Godhead, the person of the Godhead, that makes the relationship with the Father and Son real. He's the one that makes it real. The next one is taken from John chapter 16. And if you have Bibles and turn to John 16, there's a couple of things in this passage. The first one there is from verse 7. He is an advocate, counselor, or comforter. The word paraclete, which is the Greek word that's there, can be interpreted or translated into all three of those. I think it's God used that sort of term simply because it carries the weight of all three of those. The Holy Spirit is your defender before God. He is at work in you, and I know that Jesus is advocating for us from Hebrews chapter 7. He's an advocate for us, but the Holy Spirit also is an advocate. He is the one that is working with us and mediating our relationship with the Father and the Son. But he's a counselor. He isn't just defending us, he's guiding us. He's speaking into our lives. He is present to help us in every circumstance. I don't know about you, but there are lots of times in my life, I'm a, for whatever reason, I need help. I don't know how many times I've just said, Lord, I need to get someplace on time. And how many times have I hit every green light along the way? Now, is it about me, or is it about the person I'm supposed to meet? I don't know. But that's just a casual one, isn't it? Last week, I shared a story about our son, and how God directed that, I have had lots of experiences where God has counseled, directed, spoken into my life, held my feet to the fire when I've made a commitment. Do you realize that in your battle against sin, whatever the addiction is that you're grappling with, the Holy Spirit wants to help you. He wants to be present to keep you walking in righteousness. See, he is intimately engaged with us because he knows us from the inside. He's present right here. I prefer to put him right, present right here. But the reality is, is that he is present. And if you can, in your working through the issues that you face, in your own strength, you're not going to overcome. But the Holy Spirit can be present in a powerful way. I can remember at one point saying, Lord, I need to deal with this issue. Can you help me with it? And I knew that there were particular trigger points in my life that caused this problem to resurface over and over again. And so I prayed and I said, Lord, remind me, show me, capture my attention. At the minute this trigger point starts, that I might turn to you and ask for help. And he came along, and every time that trigger point started to happen in my life, God would show up and he would just quietly whisper in my ear. The problem with the whisper is I can ignore it. Have you noticed that in your struggle with sin? There are times you want to engage it anyway, even though you know God is speaking. I am so thankful he is gracious and forgiving, and he keeps coming back and helping. And then he's a comforter. It doesn't matter what our circumstances are, what difficult thing we're facing, what angst we're experiencing. He can come and he can speak. If we are just open to reading the scriptures, open to prayer. How many of you this morning, by the way, were uh, comforted or encouraged by the first song? I have no musical skills in terms of remembering lyrics or what song it was or anything like that. I can just tell you how it made me feel. That first song made me think of all the blessings that God has been working in my life. And when God comes along and prompts you, and reminds you of those things, how are you responding to them? Brenda and I celebrated 46, no, 47 years of marriage. And end of March is when we uh, uh, went away and we took a little bit of time. And we were sitting down in a restaurant, and I had this prompting in my heart. Come up with 47 blessings of being married to Brenda. Well, I actually made it a little easier than that. I said, we need to come up with 47 blessings of our marriage. And then I did one, and she did one, and we worked our ways through them. Because I started with the first one, I had to do the majority because I had the 47th. But just that little exercise. You know, we started off a little slow. There was a couple big ones. Our kids are a blessing. The fact that God has provided us with jobs and so on. All those kinds of things. But there was all, all of a sudden, you'd start thinking of different times of your life. And all of a sudden, they just kept coming one after the other. These are times when you need to allow the spirit to move speak to you, but then you need to act on it because he comes and he prompts in all kinds of ways to strengthen a marriage, to encourage a son. One of our boys was going through a fairly dark time in his life, and I can remember God said to me, write him a letter of blessing. So I sat down and wrote him a letter. And I've written a couple of letters since then. But I've only written them as a prompting, as a response to what God, because he knows the right time for these things to happen. Do you trust him like that? If you go down to, uh, let me see, where are we at in the listing there? Yeah, the next one is the Holy Spirit is a spirit of truth. It's in verse 16 also, or chapter 16 of John. This is an interesting one. I like this one particularly. It isn't just about the truth because the passage goes on to say that the Spirit will give you everything that the Father has given me. Jesus speaking. The the Spirit will give you everything the Father has given me. The Spirit of truth is this revelation of the breadth of who God is. It's the application of who God is in every moment of our lives. Every decision we make can be impacted by that. And then he is the guardian. This is from Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1. I want to read these verses because I want you to capture his significance there. Starting at verse 11. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God For he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. God's purpose was that we, Jews, who were the first to trust in Christ, would bring praise and glory to God. And now you, Gentiles, have also heard the truth. That's the rest of us. The good news that God saves you. And when you believe in Christ, he identifies you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit who he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised, and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. A guarantee. He is present in you to guarantee that God will accomplish what he wants to do. And then the final verse, he is a source of all resources. If you read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11, It talks about the fact that all the gifts that God gives, that the Spirit gives, are in his control, and he gives them to each one as they need them. But then the Ephesians passage, verse 3 of chapter 1, says this, All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. Can you think of any resource that isn't included in that statement? Every spiritual blessing because we are united with Christ. This is who the Holy Spirit is. This is why we want to know him. We want to involve him. We want to invite him to be a part of our lives and ministry because so much is wrapped up of who he is and how he wants to take all that God has prepared for you and make it real in your life today. There has not been an area of my life that has not been touched by his influence. But it has only happened because in those areas, I was willing to let him touch me. And that's what it's about. It's about a willingness of heart to put ourselves in a place where he can speak, where we will listen. He is God we can have a personal relationship with him. He has all the resources we need, all the appropriate resources. You know, every once in a while, you get caught in a, a moment. So there's this, this slide that I showed earlier. Can you slide that one up? Yeah, there. Nope, oh, there you go. This wonderful gift includes... So I was, I'd written down three things. Brenda looked at it and said... Can't you make it a little bit sexier? And I go, no, not really. And uh, then she made some comment about alliteration. And so I thought, oh, well. So I chose a personal relationship, appropriate resources, and that promise. You notice the APs at the front of each one of those? (laughs) But that's important. What makes you remember something? Well, first of all, that it's there. But secondly, that... Someone points it out to you. It's a personal relationship with a triune God. That's what the Holy Spirit is about. It's appropriate resources to complete the mission. If there's anything that we've come to learn about you as a people at Crosspoint, is that God has put you on a mission. You want the resources? You need to invite the Holy Spirit to come and fill you. It isn't just this casualness that we all have the Holy Spirit. It is about the fact that, yes, we have the Holy Spirit in us, but we want to appropriate it. We want to embrace it. We want to, in a sense, make ourselves present to the Spirit so that He can be present for us. And then finally, that promise of eternal life. The fact is, is that He enables you to start living your life here on earth like it will be in heaven. Why do you think the prayer, Lord's Prayer is about your will on earth, even as it is in heaven? That's what it's about. It's about putting ourselves in a place where the Holy Spirit can actually do the work of speaking and communicating with us. So the gift of the Father is the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be exploring how that gift works out in our lives in all kinds of different ways. When I was a young guy, just at the beginning of my sense of purpose and being called by God in ministry, there was a whole lot of taking and reading the Bible and then saying, I'm going to try to do it just as it is. I can remember reading Joshua 1.9 where it talks about meditating on the Word of God day and night. It was a bit of a struggle. But the reality was is that I had a longing to be, to be used by God. And I grew up in a tradition that really held the work of the Holy Spirit somewhat at arm's length. They acknowledged it. They acknowledged that God worked. But there was a holding it at arm's length. And so I was doing what I th- thought I should be doing, and I was working my way through Scripture. And then one day, I got connected with some people who had a very different view of the work of the Holy Spirit. I should preface it by that. I came across verses like this one from John 14. "Ask, Ask for anything, and I will give it to you. Greater things will you do than I do. Jesus speaking. And I started to long for some evidence that God was working in me beyond myself. Have you ever had a longing to see the acts of the apostles become real today? Have you ever had a longing to be able to go up to somebody and say, silver and gold I don't have? But what I do have is Jesus Christ. I want you to stand up and walk that ever been a longing for you? It was for me. As I was reading the Bible and trying to do everything, I came across these verses that promised more than I had ever experienced or could expect. And then I ran into these people that approached the work of the Holy Spirit in a very different way than I did. Some of you who have been around Edmonton long enough maybe remember hearing of a church called People's Pentecostal. They had a little Anglican church down on 95th Street. And I was invited to go there. And I saw God work in ways that was just blew my mind. And so I started pursuing knowing God through the Holy Spirit. And one night, there was a group of us that would get together 2 o'clock on Thursday night, 2 o'clock a.m. Thursday night. Because our friend that was leading the Bible study was working a midnight shift at a service station. So a group of us, hungry to know more, went to the service station Thursday night, 2 o'clock. And we'd do an hour and a half, two hours of studying, praying, seeking God. There was a real hunger in our hearts. And I can remember finishing the study one night and walking out away from everyone else. Walking down the back alley, looking up at the sky, starting to pray, God, if it's real, if Your Holy Spirit can move me and move move in me in a powerful way, a supernatural way, I want it. So I prayed that, <clears throat> and then I went on with my life, and I said, Okay, Lord, I need to see evidence of it. We're at a We were at Hope Mission. We had a coffee house running in those days at Hope Mission. And uh, my younger brother came up. He says, I'm sharing the gospel with this person. Can you pray that they would receive Christ? And I go, absolutely. That's a a no-brainer, right? But when I was praying, God said, don't pray for the person to receive Christ. Pray for your brother that he would be awakened to the power of God. I go, wow. So I prayed for my brother. Within minutes, he comes crashing through the door. He became a follower of Christ. He was so excited. He was so caught up with the mission. And you could see that God had lit a fire in his heart. That was the first indicator that God was listening to me. But he wanted to do more through me. You know what? Since then, God has done all kinds of different things. I've prayed for people who are deaf, and they become, they can hear. I have prayed for people, or people have asked me to pray for them, and as I've been praying with them, God has whispered in my ear, you can pray for what they ask, but you need to be praying for their son. And so I just prayed for what they asked, and then I started praying for their son. And all of a sudden, I had this man weeping because the biggest burden on his heart was his son. Every time the Spirit shows up, God supernaturally changes the agenda. I hope that's what you want. Because the Holy Spirit is worth pursuing. It isn't about power. It's about the ability to serve the people around you in a way that is supernatural. Transition team has been doing community assessment for T5W. That's the postal code that this church is in, right? I did a breakdown on the religious uh, element of this area. Of this area, 47% consider themselves Christians. They would declare on a census that they're Christians. Of that, uh, 47%, around 20 Three twenty-four percent percent no, about half of that number, just under half of that number are Roman Catholic faiths. The rest are spread out amongst a lot of smaller congregations like ourselves. You know what the next largest demographic religiously in T5W is? They're called religious nons. They have no faith. They've denied all faith. They're totally secular. 43% of them. 47% Christian. The other half, religious non. They're almost half. And then there's a smattering of all kinds of other faiths. Some Muslims. 6% are Muslims in this area. And some other faiths. What do you think would penetrate the awareness of a religious non- In our culture, do you think speaking the truth will penetrate that? Oh, that's your truth, not my truth. You know what's going to penetrate it? It's the Holy Spirit working through us in love. Stepping into spaces that are unexpected in ways that they can't explain. That makes the reality of who God is a possibility, awakens curiosity, longing. We need the experience of the Holy Spirit in our lives and through our lives for our neighbors, for our families. And so I want to encourage you you over this next season if you can't be here on a Sunday morning, watch online. Because we are building towards something that is a decision. And you want to have understanding of the background and so on. So that when it comes time to make a decision, you can say yes. If that's what your heart is. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that you have not left us without resources. But you have continued to pursue us, to know us, and to be known by us. And you have made available all of heaven's resources to us. And so, Lord, I pray that we would enter into the life that you're calling us to. A life that is a is above this world. That we might have your perspective and be guided by your spirit and empowered to serve the people around us so that, Lord, the good news of Jesus Christ will become a reality in their lives. Lord, may we enter into this time with open hearts and hands, ready to be used by you for your kingdom's power or your kingdom's glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand. And let remind you, let me remind you of who you are. You are the people of God called by God into his redemptive mission in this world, in the T5W. So go and be who you are. Reaching out, touching the people around you. Right here amongst us, we need to know each other well, so uh, encourage each other, speak to each other. But also when you go out on the streets, allow God to use you. So go in the name of the Father, the Son, and the power of the Holy Spirit, and serve Him well. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Hey, and welcome back. Thanks for listening to this Sunday's message. We hope that we've helped you in your spiritual journey and that you're drawing closer to God. At Crosspoint, we gather on Sundays at 10 a.m. in Northeast Edmonton, and throughout the week in something we love to call home groups. Home groups are encouraging and transformational communities for people just like you. We believe that the journey of faith is done together. So we hope that you'll connect with us at thecrosspointchurch.ca. Now, let me remind you of who you are. You are the people of God, called by God into his redemptive mission in the world. So be who you are.